Sorry, old sport, I thought you knew. This is the OK Gatsby colon, is Nick Carraway gay or what? That's I figured the subtitle of the <laughs> podcast would be. Yeah, this is our exploration of mainly that. <laughs> OK, 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 OK. Welcome back to the OK Gatsby. We're going to be talking about Chapter 7 this week. Holy cow. (laughs) Quite a chapter. It is the longest one by far. Yes, strap in. It is the most dramatic by far. It's basically a soap opera. (laughs) We are, if you're charting at home, we are near the climax. We are at the tip of that little... That little mountain. If you've ever taken a basic seventh grade English course, we're heading to the mountain and we're about to fall off to the uh, uh, slide down the, the resolution mont- slide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so strap in. Uh, hey, I'm I'm Terrence Hartnett. This is me. I'm Kevin Lapkovich. This is the OK, okay Gatsby G- colon. Is Nick Carraway gay or what? That's <laughs> I figured the subtitle <laughs> of the podcast would <laughs> be. Yeah, this is our exploration of mainly that. <laughs> I mean, people have talked about the color yellow and the green the light. The green light, yada, yada, yada. We just like to talk about when moments are weird Class and isn't it gay? <laughs> isn't it gay or what? Yeah, also, uh, stuff is weird. Isn't this weird when he says this weird thing? <laughs> That's the height of our observation. Hey, Nick Carraway. Hey, you gay? <laughs> That's the, you gay? Not that there's anything wrong Not that there's anything with wrong with that. Of course. <laughs> but yeah, this is a... a Weird chat. It starts off with a big thing. Gatsby's not having any parties anymore. Wow. The whole thing, yeah, the whole point of the book was the parties for a while. Yeah. And now it was when curiosity about Gatsby was at its highest that the lights in his house failed to go on one Saturday night. And obscurely, and, and, and as obscurely as it had begun, his career as Tremelchia was over. Uh, so Tremelchia was a, a character from a first century novel. <laughs> first century novel? I didn't, wow. Uh, and he was a man who used to be a slave and then earned a bunch of money in unhonorable ways, and now through a lot of parties. So basically, that's what Gatsby did. That's what Gatsby did, yeah. So Poor, and then made money through bootlegging, and now throws a lot of parties. The parallels are glaring. I think I actually read somewhere that Tremelchio was going to be the name of the novel. And then, also, one of the ideas was Under the Red, White, and Blue, and then one was High Bouncing Lover. It was a weird... <laughs> High Bouncing Lover, oh yeah, right, okay. From that weird the, uh... beginning... He he did not really like the title of The Great Gatsby. High bouncing lover. <laughs> yeah, that's such a weird thing to oh, say. Oh, my English class is so rough. I had to read High Bouncing Lover over yeah, the summer. Yeah, can you imagine saying the greatest novel of all time, High Bouncing Lover? <laughs> <laughs> Golden Hatted Lover. Golden Hatted Lover, whatever. That could be the other one. Yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, so Nick goes over, very neighborly, but also very invested in this man that he keeps trying to be like, oh, my neighbor that I see every once in a while. My neighbor, just trying to be neighborly. He goes, is Mr. Gatsby sick? Uh, and then there's a bunch of new servants. Hmm. Uh, she finds out from his Finn, we still calls his Finn. <laughs> She's mentioned like five times. Give her a name, Give her a name, Metallica or whatever. You've lived with her all summer. She's clearly involved in your life. <laughs> She's giving you information. Yeah, they're chatting. Yeah, they're literally chatting. He's like, oh, my Finn. Like, just say no her name. name. None, of the servants, none of the servants ever get names. Yeah. Well, they do. Like, <laughs> who we got? Oh, egg. The driver's got had a Ferdy. stupid name, Ferdy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds like a like a like a pretty girl's oh, dog. Anyway, his name's Ferdy. Ferdy. I'm sorry. Um, and then it's just Wolfsheim's friends who needed a favor. Yeah. So now, like, it's all collapsing. His like sort of veneer of like maybe he's a German spy 
is gone. It's like now he's like a gross gangster just trying to steal. He gets what he wants and his whole image collapses. Right. Everything. Right. Once he gets. So Daisy's coming over all the time and she doesn't like the party. So the parties are over. So the whole thing is over. Yeah. He's got Daisy. Uh, so the house isn't looking so hot anymore. It's a pigsty. Yeah. It's not pretty. They just go basically to his bedroom. You know, when you have roommates who <laughs> have girlfriends that are like, you know what? We don't even need to watch a movie in the living room and pretend we're decent people. Yeah, no. I was just saying, let's go straight to the bedroom. No more parties. Yes. Yeah. So, right. Kind of a sad, yeah, sort of a sad Gatsby. Were you talking about what, the, what, was the, what is the importance of the servants um, being changed over? And we figured, like, they're Wolfsheim's people. So his Wolfsheimness is kind of, like, out in the open. Maybe. He's getting, like, sloppy about hiding his gangsters. Yes. The facade, the veneer is fading. The facade yes. is crumbling. He thinks that he ha- he's so satisfied with Daisy that he doesn't have to keep up his image anymore. Right. But his image was the only thing keeping it together. Uh, and then so he calls. He finally calls a few times, couldn't get a hold of him. And then he calls uh, on Daisy's request to come over to Daisy's house for lunch. Um. Which is like weird. Like, hey, can you go over to uh, my mistress and your cousin's house for lunch tomorrow? And then Daisy calls and is like, "Yeah, can you come over?" You can oh, come, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're like, and he's like, "Ah, dang it, something was up." And yet, I couldn't believe that they would choose this occasion for a scene. Yes. So Nick is like, "What are you guys doing? Don't actually." <laughs> I hope they don't make a scene. Uh oh. Turns out they definitely do. <laughs> and then the day comes, and it is a hot one. It's a hot day. It's a broiling out. And see, they literally say the next day was broiling. Almost the last, certainly the warmest day of the summer. And so this is the second time in the book that weather plays a huge part. Right. Or even he really mentioned beyond it's a nice out day. Yeah. yeah. The first one is the rain when uh, Gatsby and Daisy meet yep. for the first time. Storm is brewing. Storm's brewing, raining, all that. And the next one is this. It's very hot when the conflict so literally, things are heating up. Yeah, and like are every up. literal sense. <laughs> you mentioned hell. I mean, hell's right. Hell's right there for the taking. Yeah, it's all these immoral people baking under their flaws. <laughs> I don't see it, frankly. Um, no, obviously it's right there. So it's so hot that the conductor of the train is literally just yelling the word "hot." Yeah, hot. hot said hot. the conductor to familiar faces. Some weather. Hot, hot, hot. Is it hot enough for you? Is it hot? Is it? <laughs> so just like a, a classic conductor character right there. <laughs> You think if it's like temperate, he's like temperate, temperate, temperate. Oh boy, <laughs> breezy, breezy, partly cloudy, partly breezy cloudy. enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough for you. <laughs> this, this poor guy. And then here's a weird moment where ambiguity is played with. Uh, so right after he says all that hot, hot, hot stuff, Nick says my communicate, uh, my commutation ticket came back to me with a dark stain from his hand. That anyone should care in this heat, whose flushed lips he kissed whose head made damp the pajama pocket over his heart, exclamation point, and then dot, dot, dot. Dot, 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 which we all mean, we, should, we all know means stands for gay, gay, gay. <laughs> <laughs> Some weird stuff. So, yeah, but every time that's put in there, it's like a weird revelation moment. <laughs> it's always something, yeah, something is... So on the surface, unsaid. obviously, he's thinking like, why Gatsby cares right now he's with Daisy? Yeah. But also, that doesn't make sense either. It doesn't matter how hot it is, like... Gatsby's been planning this for months. Right. I, I don't know why that would surprise him that it's like, oh, it's too hot to have you care about Daisy. 
But I think my subtle theory, small theory is that he's talking about himself. He's like, why am I still thinking about Day- or Gatsby and all of this? Right. Who cares? And who cares who kisses who? Who cares Yeah, who they're yeah. kissing? Who cares who I kiss? He doesn't say, why Why does Gatsby care right now? It's too hot for Daisy to care. He literally keeps it very vague. And then there's a dot, dot, dot. Yeah. So always keep a lookout for that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's this weird part that we couldn't figure out. So through the hall. No, I have it. I got it. You got it. You have yeah. your head theory. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I spoke too soon. Down. Yeah. Don't worry. All right. So through the hall of the Buchanan's house blew a faint wind, carrying the sound of the telephone bell up to Gatsby and me as we waited at the door. The master's body roared the butler into the mouthpiece. I'm sorry, madam, but we can't furnish it. It's far too hot to touch this noon. What he really said was, "Yes, yes, I'll see." Right. So I guess he's a ima- so the butler is imagining something or no no nick nick is imagining something the butler says yes and what he imagines the butler says is the master's body i'm sorry madame we can't furnish it it's far too hot to touch this noon so it's always the mistress calling the house it's always the, it's always myrtle and so she's trying to arrange it in nick's imagination rather she's trying to arrange a meeting with tom and then the butler says it's too hot. But oh, that makes more sense. I because I always thought the butler was calling out to Nick and Gatsby, so I misinterpreted it. But that makes the more sense. The butler's on the phone. Butler's on the phone, and yeah, so Myrtle's calling in and being like, "Hey, can I meet up with Tom?" And the butler's like, "Guys, it's too hot. I can't get <laughs> I can't get Tom to put clothes on right now." Uh, gosh, leave it's her much leave too alone. hot for adultery today. We cannot. We simply can't. So like, and it, and what he actually says is yes, yes, I'll see, which is what he would say to Myrtle over the phone. He's a very discreet, good butler. But Nick is a good about reading subtleties <coughs> and is saying, nah, the butler's saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Seeing behind the veneer. Also, I mean, like the ma- when I see the master's body, I just think of a dead body. So, uh, you know, there's that. But oh. this is Tom. So it wouldn't be foreshadowing Tom's death because Tom doesn't die. So that's something I didn't thought of. So Myrtle is desperately trying to get a hold of Tom. Yes. Yes, that's what is that? Because yeah. it's like oh, the crap hit the fan. <laughs> yeah, because Wilson found out about the affair. They, she doesn't know it's Tom, but literally they show up later, and she Wilson's locked her in her room. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Classic, classic, Just classic, crazy man. <laughs> you know, marriage is tough. Sometimes you lock your <laughs> wife in her room. All right, and so they go in, and this is what I want to point out is that this chapter is like a bizarro version of the first chapter. So Nick. Goes into the house, which he hasn't been into since the first chapter. Yep. And once again, Daisy and Jordan lay upon an enormous couch like silver idols weighing down their own white dresses against the singing breeze of the fans. We can't move, they said together. So like in the first chapter, they show up and basically like they weren't moving then either. They yeah. were lying down. Yep. He, Nick like even was like trying not to disturb them. Yeah. So they're lying down the same way. And then they... How how quickly is the city mentioned? Pretty quickly, right? They mentioned the city. Uh, yeah. It's also another another parallel. Is, uh, maybe that's no, like the next the page. It's like, what are we gonna do? Oh yeah, next page. It's but it's so hot. Insisted Daisy and the Virgin Tears and everything's so confused. Let's all go to town. So pretty quick into them arriving. It's let's go to town. Where in the first one, they were like Jordan's like ah oh, I can't move from this couch and Daisy's like I told you we should go to town. Yeah. So they do go to town and bad things happen. In this town. time they do go to town. Then we see uh, Daisy's daughter, Pammy. Yes. Makes an appearance. So Pammy comes in and Daisy says this weird line. Uh, Blessed precious, come to your own mother that loves you. <laughs> She's like, wait, is that supposed to be you? That's what Pammy's look says. You know I mean? uh, <laughs> uh, are you talking about you? What are you talking about? You don't love me. <laughs> you mean this nurse that takes care of me all the time? But a weird the thing, well, not weird, but just important, uh... 
Gatsby and I turned, turned, leaned down, and took the small, reluctant hand. Afterward, he kept looking at the child with surprise. I don't think he had ever really believed in his existence before. Oof. So this crushed one of his fantasies about Daisy. That essentially that she was pure and untouched from what she was at 18. Mm-hmm. And literally, here's proof that, one, she had sex with Tom, but two, <laughs> was so committed to Tom, she was willing to have a child. Because what are children but walking, talking proof of sex? <laughs> you know? I mean, not with these technologies. These oh, days. boy. <laughs> But yeah, basically, Gatsby's like, oh, so there was at least some of, like, not that you have to be that affectionate to have a child. Yeah. But, uh, but she's here with her child that she loves, and that child came from Tom yeah. and their relationship. It makes it real. Daisy's changed, and this is the proof. A little Yeah, she's literally had it. She's a mother. She's not a, an innocent, like, basically child of a rich man that she was before. Yeah. But also, okay, so Pammy comes in, is shown around to each person like a doll. And then, uh, goodbye, sweetheart, with a reluctant backward glance, the well-disciplined child held to her nurse's hand and was pulled out the door. So just like a quick showcase of, like, I have a child, and I made my nurse dress her up. Um, But also, real quick, I want to point out, Gatsby comes in, Daisy goes, Tom, get us drinks, and then Daisy kisses Gatsby. Oh, yeah. Uh, Right here. Um, So make us a cold drink, cried Daisy. As he left the room again, she got up and went over to Gatsby, pulled his face down, kissing him on the mouth. You know I love you, she murmured. So, like, it's on. It's fully it's fully on, right in front of, of Nick and She's Jordan. She's kissing Gatsby. In Tom's in the house. next room. Yeah. Yeah. Spicy stuff. Yes. But then, uh, literally, here come, right next is, uh, here's the child I had with Tom. So right. Both Gatsby and Tom are having a day. This is a them. dense chapter. There's so much that happens, yeah. And then, funny line, Tom says a dumb thing. Here, here it comes. He goes, I read somewhere that the sun's getting hotter every year, said Tom genially. It seems that pretty soon the earth's going to fall into the sun. Or wait a minute, it's just the opposite. The sun's getting colder every year. <laughs> so he, he's such a, he barely remembers what he, he's ever read, but feels the need to seem smart, and yeah. he fails oh, so many God. times. Yeah, he's that guy who just reads like headlines on Facebook and then, and then tries to talk about the news. You know? Yeah, but essentially, at this point, even though he's talking about global warming it is still just like a weird scientific theory it's like what are you doing talking about weird scientific theories tom <laughs> yeah tom does not a science guy you could talk about football and horses please talk about football or horses dude um, please and then there's a little thing where they see a boat and tom's impressed and there's just a parallel to gatsby who spent a lot of time on a boat so there's tom would respect gatsby under different circumstances <laughs> yeah I think right. they're cut from very similar cloth. Well, yeah, that's what they're they're great foil because they're they're kind of similar guys, like ambitious and intense. Uh, yeah. Old money, but the old money, new money thing, plus the, the obvious Daisy problem keeps them at odds. Okay, and then here's another little uh, parallel. Uh, Daisy says this very sad line: "What do we do with ourselves this afternoon?" Cried Daisy, and the day after that, and the next thirty years. <laughs> uh, don't be mor- morbid, Jordan said. Life starts all over again when it gets crisp in this fall. So here's a line that literally uh, is like a almost repeat of, uh, let's see here. In the first chapter. First chapter. Uh, Nick says. About no, summertime, right? That, yeah, let me uh, see if I can find it. Um, okay. I don't want to take some. Talk, talk a little bit. <laughs> there is this other line I like right after that uh, where Daisy's voice, her voice struggled on through the heat beating against it, molding its senselessness into forms. So just beating back against things uh, it resembles the last line of the 
of the novel, Born ba- uh, mm-hmm. We Be Down Boats Against the Current, Born Back Ceaselessly Into the Past. Okay. All right. I found it real quick. It. On page four, uh, Nick says, I had the, that familiar conviction that life was beginning over again with the summer. So life keeps beginning over and over again. New life. Does it, be- it begins twice a year. Yeah. That's good. Like right back to back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of parallels being set up. Uh, with Between that first, first chapter, and then this this is like the weird, bizarro thing where all the stuff hits the fan. Okay, uh, I've heard of making a garage out of a stable. Tom said to Gatsby, "But I'm the first man who ever made a stable out of a garage." That's like a like a, almost a young mama joke of like, "I'm so old money." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make a garage out of a stable. I made a stable out of a garage. <laughs> Why don't they make the whole thing stable out of the garage? <laughs> oh, man, that hit Kevin way harder than it's going to hit anybody who was listening to this. Um, Good stuff. But, yeah, so basically Tom is like, hey, look, I know you're a big car guy, but I'm a horse guy. Horses are cooler than cars. Right. Cars, horses, old money, new money. It's and now right it's there. like a, an eccentric billionaire, though, being th- this into horses. Oh, my God, I know. Yeah, he's he bought he bought his wife like a seven million dollar necklace, and I guess there's a little connection of like Daisy from Louisville, Louisville Derby horses uh, and horses, but essentially Tom is like I'm a horse man, baby. I'm a horse guy. You know how I am, <laughs> and I'm so horses. I put horses in garages. <laughs> Where a car is supposed to go. <laughs> um, let's see. And then Daisy goes, "Let's go to town." She so Daisy's basically panicking from the get go. Yeah, she is like despairing. She, like things are too intense for her. She's a not. She doesn't like being serious. She barely likes to be involved in her daughter's life. She doesn't like. She just likes to say it's like, oh, I'm so sophisticated. She doesn't even mean that. Like, she, yeah, she never. She likes to tread lightly through all of life. And now here is a very heavy moment approaching. Right, but yeah, you can see, you can see, and it's alluded to that she that she's she's. She gets herself into these things, but she didn't really m- intend anything, right? So she's yeah. like, she's not uh, living with intention. She's not like, she, she didn't mean any of this stuff. Well, here comes where, like, there will be consequences <clears throat> that yes. she cannot avoid. Of Like, her money won't buy her out of, like, if she breaks up with Tom, like, even though even if it's, like, not at a moral consequence, it is a consequence. And she always just wants to add things to her life. She doesn't want to take things away from her. <laughs> So um, well, they have a moment. Gatsby and Daisy have a moment here. He always looks so cool. She had told him that she loved him, and Tom Buchanan saw. So it seems like the way that they interact in that moment, Daisy and Gatsby, in front of Tom. Tom, it clicks for Tom. Tom knows. Tom realizes, oh, no, Daisy's in love with Gatsby, and she's telling me right in front of me. So now it's there. Everything's out in the open. The conflict is going to happen. Um, and then here's the big line about uh, Daisy's voice. I can't say anything of this household sport. She's got an indiscreet voice, they remarked. It's full of, I hesitated. Her voice is full of money, he said suddenly. <laughs> that was it. I never understood it before. It was full of money. That was the inexhaustible charm that rose and fell in it, the jingle of it, the symbol song of it. High in a white palace, the king's daughter, the golden, golden girl. girl. So Gatsby knows that what's so great about her voice is that it's full of money. Gatsby was just was trying to get and that's why Gatsby got all this money you know to get to Daisy get to because literally he was a poor soldier coming out to this basically richest girl in Louisville's house and she talks like the richest girl in Louisville and he's like I need to hear that voice in my ear all the time the voice of money and he does hear it all the time in the form of yeah cash yes um and then here's the weird part and this is one of my biggest pet peeves about the book is that the plot conception to get Gatsby framed for the murder is very strange. Um, 
So Gatsby goes, should we all go in my car, suggests Gatsby. He felt that the hot green letter of the seat. I ought to have left it in the shade. Is it standard shift, demanded Tom? Yes. Well, you take my coupe and let me drive your car to town. The suggestion was distasteful to Gatsby, as it should Obviously, be. Obviously, yeah. That's insane. Yeah. At no point if I was like, hey, my buddies were like, hey, let's go down to, we'll go down to the beach. Let's all drive our cars. And it's like, hey, why don't I drive your car and you drive <laughs> my car? And I was like, no. And I'll put on your pants and you put on my pants. Do you know how it just basically how insurance works? How yeah, crazy that is. Not to gonna do. be. Yeah, it's just. But also like a weird thing. Like I don't know you. <laughs> it's a lot of hassle for for no reason. I I so like I can, it could be explained away. I guess it's like a it's like an alpha move for Tom. It's like a power thing. Yeah, this whole like sh- cars and horses are brought up a lot in this chapter, where it's just like Tom is just like alpha in all over the place. Yeah. But even then, it's like. This is just like a weird it's a bit of a stretch. He's just trying to get 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 the get the pieces in motion. I see this is like the major flaw of the book. That's nearly perfect. <laughs> it's right. I mean, like so. Okay, so yeah, the, it doesn't click both symbolically and plot wise. You yes. know I mean, like it's it's shoehorned. Yes, this it's definitely a, a little part. bit of shoehorn. And it's that's a, I think this is why sometimes when movies struggle, is that the major plot points are kind of a little shoehorn just because yeah it's a lot of it's a great description and metaphor book but like and character book but when yeah. there's like things actually have to happen which is what has to happen in movies it always falls apart a little bit because it's like why are they switching cars right the real movie happens in nick Carraway's head yeah yes. the, it's a, without all the judgment and all the narration it doesn't it doesn't really work as a perfect story yes the way it does and as a novel and then here's a big line of uh what's to come uh Plenty of gas, said Tom Westerly. He looked at the gauge. And if it runs out, I can stop at a drugstore. You can buy anything at a drugstore nowadays. I missed this. Right right before the big drugstore revelation, he yeah. he hints at it. He hints like, oh, I got you, baby. Oh, and Gatsby gets a little nervous. Yeah. A pause followed this apparently pointless remark. Daisy looked at Tom, frowning, an indefinable expression, at once definitely unfamiliar and vaguely recognizable, as if I had only heard it described in words, passed over Gatsby's face. So Gatsby knows what Tom is saying. Yeah, yeah. So there is, the first points have been scored. And what I think this expression is that passes over Gatsby's face that he's heard only in words, and he mentions this later, is the idea like, oh, you look at him sometimes and you can tell he's killed a man. Yeah. Like that, this, the, the, the ruthlessness, the criminal ruthlessness of Gatsby comes out in this chapter and kind of this chapter alone. Yeah, and here's something he's wants, and now it's literally at his fingertips, the closest it'll ever be. The big moment where the conflict's going to come between them. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's going to be Nick Jordan and Tom are going to take a car together and Gatsby and Daisy are going to take a car together. Um, everybody get in the car with the person you're sleeping with. Uh, great. Yes. And we'll organize it that way. It seems simple. Uh, and then here's a funny moment. Did you see that demanded Tom? See what? He looked at me keenly realizing that Jordan and I must have known all along. You think I'm pretty dumb, don't you? And Uh yeah, of course they do. (laughs) Uh, perhaps I am, but I have a almost a second sight sometimes that tells him what to do. Maybe you don't believe that, but science. <laughs> so like, he's like a delusional man. It, to be fair, it's very hot out, but he's just rambling. Yeah. He's shaking to his core because everyone, he's realizing that all of his people he thought were friends were letting his wife have an affair in front of him. Exactly. Um, Everything's ruined right now. The immediate contingency overtook him, pulled him back from the edge of theoretical abyss. Uh, and then he says, he's made a small investigation. And then Jordan goes, do you mean you've been to a medium? What? Confused, he stared at us as we laughed. A medium. So they're laughing at him. <laughs> <laughs> like, to his face, yeah. About Gatsby? About Gatsby? No, I haven't. I've said I've been making a small inv- investigation of his past. 
And you found he was an Oxford man, said Jordan, helpfully. An Oxford man, like Kelly is, he wears a pink suit. Nevertheless, he's an Oxford man. And this, I love this line. Oxford, New Mexico, snorted Tom contemptuously. And then I think he realizes his joke didn't hit. And he goes, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. Or whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like, looks back at his notebook. You know, what else is going on? Um... Yeah. So then they stop over at Wilson's garage to get gas. And foreshadowing. And to foreshadow. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, hey, why don't we go sh- foreshadow? Oh, hey, uh, Tom, there's a gas station. Does uh, anyone need to go to the bathroom or foreshadow? <laughs> yeah. So Wilson comes out, and he's looking rough. Uh, Green, sickly. I'm sick. been sick all day. What's the matter? I'm all run down. Yeah. Um, so he, he is like, yeah, he's run down. Basically, he found out that his wife's having an affair. Um, here's a quick line of like how Tom is mad at Gatsby. Uh, so Wilson's like, let me buy your car. And then Tom's like, how do you like this one? I bought it last week. Oh, it's a nice yellow one. said Wilson as he strained at the handle, uh, like to buy it. So Tom is like, not serious, but he's like lying about like, this is my car. Take this car. Yeah. This is a way of like, I don't, I hate Gatsby and I hate yeah, his property. Gatsby. Yeah. Maybe part of the, the reason he wants to take the car is that part of the reason Gatsby seems so impressive is this car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Symbolically, yeah. Like, take Gatsby's, you know, Source of his power. veneer facade away. Literally a him. gold car that he rides around <clears throat> in, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Wilson's going to go away to the west because yeah. he found out about something fishy going on. Yeah, I've been here too long. I want to get away. My wife and I want to go away, go west. Your wife does, exclaimed Tom startled. And then, yeah, so now Tom is like, oh, shoot. My wife and my mistress. And then here's a great, just a quick, great line. Uh, I stared at him and then at Tom, who, who had made a parallel discovery. Okay, so. Uh, yeah. I stared at him and then at Tom, who had made a parallel discovery less than an hour before. And it occurred to me that there was no difference between men and intelligence or race. So profound is the difference between the sick and the well. So, like, that is like, all right. So, new money, old money. That's not the biggest difference. Yeah, sick and well. I don't. I don't. I. I. I didn't. This didn't. This didn't resonate with me. I don't understand. It's like, just sort of the sort of thing where it's like, if you lose control over your body, like doesn't matter. Nothing will save you from that. Yeah, it's inevitable. It's fateful. And t- Tom himself has like a huge control of himself and his body. And Wilson was always this weak, pale man who's now sick. Where it's like, oh, he. Even if he got money, Wilson would be. Worthless still. Yeah. And unhappy. Uh, there's Do- Dr. T.J. Eckelberg again. The eyes of God looking over them as they do their weird battle in health. Uh, and then Myrtle yeah. is peering down at them. Myrtle can see them. Uh, and she hurrah, and then here's her eyes. Why would jealous terror were fixed not on Tom, but on Jordan Baker, whom she took to be his wife? Ooh. She's so, no, so clueless. So Myrtle doesn't even know what Daisy looks like. Right. So that's how in the dark she's been kept. And so, like, desperately unaware of how much Tom is, like, lying to her. That she thinks Jordan Baker is uh, Daisy. Um, And then here's the big... So here Tom is going to a big conflict, too. He has a side. He's an idiot and a bad guy, but he has a side. And here's his side. Uh, his Tom was feeling the hot whiffs of panic. His wife and his mistress, until an hour ago, secure and inviolate, were slipping precipitately from his control. Instinct made him step on the accelerator with the double purpose of overtaking Daisy and leaving Wilson behind. So, yeah. 
he's an old football player and he's losing the game and he knows it. He is, yeah, and he's like, yeah, he's way in the red. You know, like he's mad about Myrtle, he's mad about his wife. Right now, he's got no, he's got no women. He went from two to zero. And so, some poor punk is taking away his mistress, and some new money punk is taking away his wife, and he's not gonna stand for that. He's not gonna go down without a fight. He surely won't. So they go to let's see. They go to just Central Park Plaza. Yep. They go to a hotel. The Plaza Hotel. Uh, which is such a weird old thing to do is that people <laughs> would just go get a hotel room and party in it. Yeah, I know. Like, I can't have, like, hotels are so expensive. <laughs> yeah, how can you, yeah, right. You could have a house. You have and a they go house. to a nice hotel. Yeah, and they just get a room. They drive an hour and a half to <laughs> New York to stay in a hotel room. To have an argument and then to drive then back. And drive back. And on the way back, take care of some murder. Yes. Manslaughter. Um, Manslaughter. So there's this weird, uh, they, there's some like, just Nick being funny uh, and talking about them, kind of fighting about what to do in the hotel. Then they keep she talking about- She wanted to get five uh, hotel rooms up. and then do cold baths. And she goes, well, we could just have mint juleps or whatever also. Yeah. Yeah. Very funny. So just a yeah, little sketch. Um, um, there's no open another window. There aren't any more. Well, we better telephone for an axe. Another little funny thing. And after that, it gets not funny. Yeah, and then it gets real. <laughs> um, so one thing that happens is that there's a wedding going on underneath their feet. There's literally new love and new pledges of lifelong promises happening beneath the hotel. Room. Right there. They keep hearing the wedding music through the floor. Uh, which serves both as like a, a conflict to the quality of all their relationships is that here's a young couple in love and happy and they're all kind of miserable in their own spe- specific ways. But two, it reminds Daisy of their wedding. Of their wedding day. Who was it that fainted, Tom? Biloxi, he answered shortly. So now we're talking about this weird Biloxi character. And the story of Biloxi is that, um, what, he fainted and... And then he stayed at Jordan's house for two weeks. <laughs> Three weeks. Three weeks. And then he left, and then her dad died. (laughs) And she's like, no connection, but, like, yeah. There's a lot of time spent on this Biloxi guy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. And essentially, they find out that no one knew who he was. He wasn't who he said he was. And he somehow got into Daisy's wedding. Yes, right. And it's just a subtle parallel to how Gatsby is not who he said he was, but somehow got to meet with Daisy. Yeah. He was going to, to New Haven or something, right? Uh, he said oh. he was president at Yale at New Haven. In New Haven, yeah. He told me and he was they're president. like, there's no president to Yale. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, so Biloxi, right. Um, when Daisy wanted wants to dance, Jordan goes, remember Biloxi? As a warning, because like, he fainted and Daisy will faint too. Very funny. Yeah. Um, so that, I think the reason Biloxi's brought up is because it's right here. By the way, Mr. Gatsby, I understand you're an Oxford man. Not exactly. Oh, yes, I understand you were at Oxford. Yes, I went there. Tom's voice says, you must have gone there about the same time Biloxi went to New Haven. So it's all, you know, it's all just a lie. Biloxi like, is Gatsby. I'm accusing you of not going to Oxford. Right. It's, it's a drawing a parallel between this Biloxi guy and Gatsby. Um, I told you I went there, said Gatsby. I heard you, but I'd like to know when. It was in 1919. I only stayed five months. That's why I can't really call myself an Oxford man. Tom glanced around to see if we married his unbelief. So Tom's been like... You see this? You, you see, see what I'm saying? He's like pointing around the room. It's like, I got him. I totally got him. Are you seeing this? You seeing this stuff? And then Gatsby brings the hammer. 
It was an opportunity they gave to some of the officers after the armistice. We could go to any of the universities in England or France. So, boom. Lie saved. Yeah, I'm a troop, so you should be supporting me. Uh, and then Nick says, I wanted to get up and slap him on the back. I had one of those renewals of complete faith in him that I'd experienced before. And he surely has experienced it before. A yeah. lot of renewals of faith. He loves falling under the spell. He loves it. Literally, anytime one small detail is corroborated, <laughs> he's like, this is the greatest man I've ever met in my whole life. And then I'll be like, oh, he hasn't talked to me in a few weeks. I don't like him anymore. And then Gatsby will say like, oh, here's a fun detail. And he's like, oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you. Here's a grainy Polaroid of me and four other men. Oh, I believe you entirely. Yes. Um, but also, Nick is so on Gatsby's side. Yes. Always has been. And Nick calls himself an honest man. And he knows that that Tom is a bad husband, but still to be like break up the family. There's a daughter involved. <laughs> yeah, I know he's not. Yeah, he's not a he's not he's not innocent. He likes to, he, and he's not even staying out of the affairs because he's helped Gatsby. <laughs> he's literally uh, guarded them while they made out in his own porch. Yeah. Um. And now here it is. All the thin politeness is ripped off here. Wait a minute, Snap Tom. I want to ask Mr. Gatsby one more question. Go on, Gatsby said politely. What kind of row are you trying to cause in my house anyhow? They were out in the open at last, and Gatsby was content. So Gatsby's like, all right, time to take out the boxing gloves, right. baby. It's, it's, it's all on the table now. It's happening. No more, you know, fake code language. It's all really happening. All right, and then Daisy panics. He isn't causing a row, Daisy looked desperately from one to the other. You're causing a row. Please, please have a little self-control. And then Tom drops <laughs> Self-control? I suppose the latest thing is to sit back and let Mr. Nobody from Nowhere make love to your wife. <laughs> well, if that's the idea, you can count me out. And, yeah, and he just continues to lose oh, it. Oh, right. Nowadays, people begin by sneering at family life and family institutions, and next they'll throw away everything overboard and have intermarriage between black and white. So <laughs> somehow Gatsby sleeping with his wife is going to lead to intermarriage between black and white. Yada, yada, yada. He's literally like, no, you can't sleep with my wife. What? Interracial marriage. <laughs> <laughs> and then Jordan, Jordan Baker quality goes, we're all white here. Like, what are you talking about, you insane person? <laughs> all white. You're insane, but also your concerns are invalid. You know? We're all white here. <laughs> but also, Nick is like makes a great point of like, Tom, you literally... Just passed by your mistress's house yeah, come and on. lied to her husband's face. <laughs> like, you don't care about family values either. It's all just like a weird... Um, yeah, and then so Nick's as angry as it was, as we all were, I was tempted to laugh whenever he opened his mouth. The transition from libertine to prick was so complete. And then Gatsby goes, I've got something to tell you, old sport, began Gatsby, but Daisy guessed at his intention. Please don't. So Daisy lost all her confidence. She interrupted helplessly. Please, let's all go home. Why don't we all go home? That's a good idea. I got up. Come on, Tom. Nobody wants a drink. <laughs> Nick is like, all right. I thought this would be fun. I don't know why I agreed to go here. <laughs> let's get in the car and drive an hour and a half back home. Yeah, not good. I want to know what Mr. Gatsby has to tell me. So do you want to do... Uh, do you want to be Gatsby or do you want to be Tom? I'll be Gatsby, old sport. Okay. Okay. I want to know what get Mr. Gatsby has to tell me. <clears throat> Your wife doesn't love you. She's never loved you. She loves me. You must be crazy. 
She never loved you, do you hear? She only married you because I was poor and she was tired of waiting for me. It was a terrible mistake, but in her heart, she never loved anyone except me. So at this point, Jordan, so Nick says, like, Jordan and I are just trying to leave. And this is a great line. Tom and, Tom and Gatsby insisted with competitive firmness that we remain as though neither of them had anything to conceal and it would be a privilege to partake vicariously of their emotions. <laughs> Which is such an alpha thing. Like, we're so important that you're lucky to watch us fight. <laughs> you're welcome. All right, so sit down, Daisy. What's been going on? I want to hear all about it. I told you what's been going on. Going on for five years, and you didn't know. You've been seeing this fellow for five years? Not seeing. No, we couldn't meet, but both of us loved each other all the time, old sport, and you didn't know. I used to laugh sometimes. <laughs> to think that you didn't know. Oh, that's all? And then Gatsby. You're crazy. I can't speak about what happened five years ago. Oh, nope. It's you. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're Tom. crazy. I can't speak about what happened five years ago because I didn't know Daisy then. And I'll be damned if I see how you got within a mile of her unless you brought the groceries to the back door. <sighs> but all the rest of that's a goddamn lie. Daisy loved me when she married me, and she loves me now. No. She does, though. The trouble is that sometimes she gets foolish ideas in her head and doesn't know what she's doing. And what's more, I love Daisy, too. Once in a while, I'll go off on a spree and make a fool of myself, but I always come back, and in my heart, I love her all the time. You're revolting, said <laughs> Daisy. Do you know why we left Chicago? I'm surprised they didn't take, they didn't treat you to the story of that little spree. Daisy, that's all over now, he said earnestly. This is Gatsby again. It doesn't matter anymore. Just tell him the truth, that you never loved him, and it's all wiped out forever. Th yeah, Daisy why, said, how could I love him? Possibly. You never loved him. She hesitated. So this is this is the big moment. Her eyes fell on Jordan and me with a sort of appeal as though she realized at last what she was doing and as though she had never all along intended doing anything at all. But it was done now. It was too late. So now push has come to shove and Daisy doesn't have it. Then she's, I never loved him, she said with perceptible reluctance. <laughs> Not at Capoleone. And then she says, no. no, not that day I carried you down from the punch bowl to keep your shoes dry. And I like the sign. There was a husky tenderness in his tone. <laughs> Daisy. So he's got his bedroom voice on <laughs> <laughs> his bedroom voice. And then she says, please don't. And then she says to Gatsby there, Jay, she said. And then she breaks down. She goes, oh, you want too much. I love you now. Isn't that enough? I can't help what's past. I did love him once, but I loved you, too. You loved me, too? Oh, and that that's such a bitter line. <laughs> yeah, he, Gatsby needs... Gatsby, not only does he want Daisy's love, he wants her, her complete, unaltered love. Her whole life. Love. Her, yeah, he wants to be her consumption. Like, because she was his obsession. Yes. And that she is not his obsession is, like, it can't be that way. Unfathomable. I can't have built a whole life around you, and you also love this guy. Yeah. Even that's a lie, said Tom savagely. She didn't know you were alive. Why, there are things between Daisy and me that you'll never know, things that neither of us can ever forget. A and then Gatsby. I want to speak to Daisy alone. She's all excited now. Even uh, alone, I can't say I never loved Tom. It wouldn't be true. Of course it wouldn't. Now Tom is, like, back on his game. <laughs> As if it mattered to you. Of course it matters. I'm going to take better care of you from now on. You don't understand. You're not going to take care of her anymore. I'm not? 
Why is that? Daisy's leaving you. Nonsense. I am, though. She says with visible effort. <laughs> She's not leaving me. Tom's words were suddenly leaned down over Gatsby. Certainly not for a common swindler who would have to steal the, the ring he put on her finger. I won't stand this. Oh, please, let's get out. And then here comes Gatsby's final descent. Here it is. Who are you anyhow, broke out Tom. You're one of the bunch that hangs around with Meyer Wolfsheim. That much I happen to know. I've made a little investigation into your affairs, and I'll carry it further tomorrow. You can suit yourself about that, old sport. I found out what your drugstores were. He and this Wolfsheim bought up a lot of side street drugstores here and in Chicago and sold grain alcohol over the counter. That's one of his little stunts. I picked him for a bootlegger the first time I saw him, and I wasn't far wrong. What about it? I guess your friend Walter Chase wasn't too proud to come in on it. And you left him in the lurch, didn't you? You let him go to jail for a month over in New Jersey. God, you ought to hear Walter on the subject of you. He came to us dead broke. He was very glad to pick up some money, old sport. Don't you call me old sport. Walter could have you up on the betting loss, too, but Wolfsheim scared him into shutting his mouth. That drugstore business, whoops. Yep. That's you, dog. Oh, that drugstore business was just small change. But you've got something on now that Walter's afraid to tell me about. And then you look over at, at Daisy, and she's terrified. And then here is Jordan, who had begun to balance an invisible but absorbing object on the tip of her chin, parallel to the first chapter when she was doing that, and that's why uh, Nick didn't want to interrupt her. That's right. And here Nick again sees... So Nick's looking at everybody. He sees, uh, he sees Gatsby. Um, he looked, and this is said in all contempt for the babbled slander of his garden, as if he had, quote-unquote, killed a man. For a moment, the set of his face could be described in just that fantastic way. So this is the gangster Gatsby is is on yep. display. Yep. The mask has slipped entirely off. Now it's over. And Gatsby is lost. So it, she goes, please, Tom, I can't stand this anymore. Uh, and then Tom says, you two start on home, Daisy. And Mr. Gatsby's car. What a dang baller move. (laughs) (laughs) What a rub your victory in your enemy's face move. It's like, I'm so confident I've locked down my wife. Go ahead. Take her home in your car. Yeah, take her home in your car. Right. And Tom does win this interaction by by just telling the truth, right? What has he he done, really? He's just exposed him and been very strong. And now it's all over. Yep. He basically time goes like, hey, she did love me and you're a gangster. uh, So I win. (laughs) Right. Well, he even says, go on. He won't annoy you. I think he realizes that this that his little presumptuous flirtation is over. And that's such the best. That's such a cutting line of Gatsby built his whole life around Daisy. And Tom calls it a presumptuous builds a fortune. Buys a house on Long Island for millions of dollars. Throws parties. Becomes a uh, a top member of the society of West Egg and East Egg. And probably the biggest celebrity of it. The biggest mystery. The most. The basically the sexiest man in West Egg. And all of this is dismissed by Tom Buchanan as a presumptuous little flirtation. Is that the right? Yeah, presumptuous little flirtation. Oy vey. And then now Tom is like, hey, you guys want any of the whiskey I brought? Like, he's (laughs) so calm and confident. Now, who wants a whiskey? By the way, happy birthday, Nick Carraway. Yep, he's 30. (laughs) And here's the weird line about it. Um, Let me see here. What a Uh, birthday party. 30, the promise of a decade of loneliness, 
a thinning list of single, single men, men to, to know. know. Single men to know. Looks like if you're keeping track at home, chuck one up for Team Gay. <laughs> Literally, like I get like, oh, I'm not gonna know any of my buddies, but it's like you're 30, get <clears throat> married. What are you talking single about? Single men, yeah. Right. This is 1922. <laughs> You're not supposed to be 30 and single and worried about your buddies. Even now, if you're like, oh, I'm 30 and all my buddies are going to... You literally hang out with married people all the time. Like, what are you worried about? Other than like, uh-oh, everyone, the, all the, the lifelong bachelors are going to go away. Got exactly, pressure. exactly. For sure, this re- that reeks of, uh, of him being gay, for sure. Um, so, ooh, but there was Jordan beside me. So they're in the car. There was Jordan beside me who, unlike Daisy, was too wise ever to carry well-forgotten dreams from age to age. Yes. So that was was Daisy's flaw. That was definitely Gatsby's flaw. But you ever notice that Nick only compliments Jordan when in relation to how she's not uh, (laughs) Gatsby and Daisy and Tom? Like, literally, the only time he, he... The other scene where he kisses Jordan, it's like... Well, I didn't. I'm not like Gatsby. I don't have a girl. I don't. Oh yeah. And then now he's like, "Well, Jordan's not dumb enough to carry love age to age." Oh my. Now God. I like. It. So it's only in the face of this awful relationship that he's like, "Oh, I guess Jordan's all right." So every romantic moment is just because it's next to these terrible, brutal moments. Yes, he's relatively fine. Yeah, and then here's a small thing. Uh, so we drove on toward the death through the cooling twilight. Toward uh, death, yeah. Toward so death. Imagine if you're reading this for the first time and you're like, what? Toward death? Toward death. I what? mean, I know that they're breaking up, but wait, someone's going to die? And then, small thing, the young Greek Mickey Alice. I think it's important that they made him Greek. One, everyone in this neighborhood's immigrant because that's just what Queens in the 20s is. That's the story of baby. Um, but then, uh, I think they put a Greek here because they Fitzgerald is basically saying, hey, this is a Greek tragedy. I made a hero out of Gatsby. He's brought down by his own flaw. Fatal flaw. Homer his obsession shit. with Daisy. Yeah. And that's that's why there's a Greek man here. Um, but then basically Wilson's like, I have my wife locked up in the room, <laughs> and I'm keeping her here for 36 hours, and I'm taking her west. And, like, even in the 20s, I don't think you're allowed to do that. No, you can't. I mean, like, sure, I don't think you get in trouble for it, but you can't just lock a woman in a room. Yeah, like, if he, she called the cops, the cops would be like, man, you got to let her go. <laughs> um. And then here's like a little line of uh, he was his wife's man and not his own. Yeah. So basically, Wilson is just like everyone's like, this is like a weak, broken man. Yeah. Um, but like also the only well, like he loses his mind. But like we said, he's the only one who hasn't doesn't have some weird corruption in his heart. Yeah. His wife's man is not his own. Uh, but then he just can't fit in that world. Like not being corrupt made him insane. <laughs> um. So let's see here. Uh, Myrtle's very upset. So Myrtle is basically trapped. She's like, I like, oh no, my husband's kidnapping me. And then she comes out and she goes, beat me, throw me down and beat me, you dirty little coward. So like, it's coming to a head. Like their marriage is over. <laughs> yeah, dirty little coward. Um, and then a moment later, she rushed out into the dusk, waving her hands and shouting. Before he could move from his door, the business was over. The death car. So she gets run over by a car. Yeah, the death car. As the newspapers called it, didn't stop. It came out of the gathering darkness, wavered tragically for a moment, and then disappeared around the next bend. Mickey Alice wasn't even sure of its color. He told the first policeman that it was light green. The other car, the one going toward New York, came to a rest 100 yards beyond, 
and his driver hurried back to where Myrtle Wilson, her life finally extinguished, knelt in the road and mingled her thick, dark blood with the dust. And then here's a really gruesome description, but I made a good, I, someone made a good point about it, but when they had torn open her shirt waist, still damp with perspiration, they saw that her left breast was singing, swinging loose like a flap, Oof. and there was no need to listen for the heart beneath. The mouth was wide open and ripped at the corners as though she had choked a little and giving up the tremendous vitality she had stored so long. So this is a brutal... So Myrtle gets destroyed. Yeah, it's really... uh, Yeah, she's got a mangled body. And the the description's pretty... It's the most graphic description in the book, probably. You know, like, it's really intense. Uh, And then someone made a small point, and it's not like... I take it back now that I'm going to say it out loud how great of a point is, but, like, left breast, the breast is cut off, like, her part of motherhood, like... Yeah. Like, all this, like, literally Daisy, who is, like, a semi-mother, like, destroys uh, her husband's mistress uh, and rips off her breast. <laughs> but also, like we said, like, uh, we'll later find out it's Daisy, if you haven't read the, this book already, <laughs> who was driving. But, yeah. like, so, Daisy kills uh, Tom's mistress the day that Tom basically kills uh, her her lover. In Yeah, in her eyes, yeah, he's... He, she's, he's killed Gatsby, right? So they both take out their lovers. These people who are not uh, of the aristocracy, they take them out. Bing, bang, just done. Boom, boom, same day. Uh, so Tom is like, oh, what's going on over here? And he's like, oh, we better check this out. <laughs> and then he finds out it's Myrtle's body. And Tom is crushed because as much as like he doesn't treat her honestly, he does seem to have some... It's a possessiveness, like uh, we talked in the beginning. He likes to collect people that admire him. Right. And he was one of his favorite admirers. Yeah. Yeah, no, he is affected, and I kind of, I think that's kind of sweet, because it'd be easy, for I think, to paint him as, like, dumbly vengeful or, like, not doesn't, caring doesn't or callous. Care, but yeah. he is gem- definitely crushed by this Yeah, death. yeah. Um, so he finds out what happened, and then, he, weirdly, and then it, it's just thrown in here another race thing that's thrown in here. Uh, so he's Nick is talking to the cops, and then a wet, pale, well dressed Negro stepped near. It was a yellow car. He said a big yellow car. So out of nowhere, after all this race talk that's again shoved in here for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Here's a, a pale yellow Negro helping Tom. Yeah. And Tom is not like freaking out or anything. Like, I don't know what's there, but it's weird that all of a sudden like, it's put one is it one he describes him a Negro, but two a well dressed one. Which parallels the the uh, black people that were in the limo in the limo with the white chauffeur, yeah. So it's right the this the new money and it's and it's 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 it's, it's like it's like Tom's nightmare or this like Goddard's nightmare, right? Is the the, the them like rising and taking down the yeah. Nordic race? Yeah. yeah, and here's uh like a Negro interacting with Tom as an equal, uh, talking about the issue. He's he's gonna help him take down uh, Gatsby, right? Kind yeah, of, right? The yellow car. And then let's see here, and then Tom now is like covering his tracks being like basically saying it like wilson like uh, uh you've got to pull yourself together listen said tom shaking him a little i just got here a minute ago from new york i was bringing you that coupe we've been talking about the yellow car i was driving this afternoon wasn't mine do you hear i haven't seen it all afternoon so tom is like look i know i know who killed you or her wife it's not me don't kill me <laughs> yeah he's getting his story the story straight with wilson right away and Nick is like, to be fair, yeah, he was with me. Like, Nick's not going to throw Tom under the bus. Yeah. He even, like, defended Tom Lee weirdly earlier in the chapter when he was like, oh, no, Tom's talking about a legitimate deal. Don't worry. Oh, about yeah, it. right. No, I've heard about this car deal. Don't worry. It's really, yeah, that was a that was a weird uh, Nick move. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then they leave. And then 
here's Tom, like brokenhearted. Uh, Tom drove slowly until we were beyond the bend. Then his foot came down hard, and the coupe raced along through the night. In a little while, I heard a low, husky sob and saw that the tears were overflowing down his face. The goddamned coward, he whimpered. He didn't even stop his car. That's so, sweet. I think this is the redemption of Tom Buchanan. And that's the second time that his voice, his husky voice. Husky. So now Tom's voice is his key to redemption. <laughs> hey, this guy loves voices. That's Gerald. Yes. Nick is a big voice guy. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if you like to watch The Voice. <laughs> um, let's see here. Huge voice guy. So now Nick is taking the East Egg on accident. There's, Tom's like, ah, oh, crap, I should have taken you home. Well, I can't do anything about it. And so he's like, all right, give me a cab. Get you a cab. And, and Nick wants to leave. He he is done with all these people, he says. He even says, like, um, I've had enough of all of them for one day. And suddenly that included Jordan, too. So even Jordan, he's not He's not. He's like, yeah, two. Jordan's like, hey, come inside. It's only 930. So it's been two and a half hours since they left the hotel. Yeah. They left at seven. So this has been a long ride. <laughs> yeah. And even Jordan, he's like, I affiliate you with these people. Uh, our relationship isn't going to great either. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the end, end for them. Yeah, um, and she, even she's like mad about that rejection. She like walks inside pretty angrily, and then Gatsby's there. Uh, I hadn't gone twenty yards when I heard my name, and Gatsby stepped from between two bushes into the path. I must have felt pretty weird by that time because I could think of nothing except the luminosity of his pink suit under the moon. I, that I didn't, I didn't even notice before. I must have been Philip felt pretty weird, but he basically's like he looks really nice right now. <laughs> He's, and he's great... wearing the pink suit that day. I didn't realize you don't see that until right now. But he's guess he's wearing the pink suit the whole time. He's like he's wearing a he's wearing a pink suit. Look at this man. Yeah. In the biggest moment, Oxford man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? I inquired. Just standing here, old sport. Just standing here, old sport. <laughs> That's such a funny line. Like I'm just standing in the backyard <laughs> of the woman I tried to steal from a man, and that that man, and then that woman killed a woman, and. <laughs> As if that's an explanation. Yeah, I'm just standing here. And then there's great. Somehow that seemed a despicable occupation. For all I knew, he was going to rob the house in a moment. I wouldn't have been surprised to see sinister faces, the faces of Wolfsheim's people behind him in the dark shrubbery. Uh, did you see any trouble on the road? He asked after a minute. Yes. Obviously, he yes. saw trouble on the road, Gatsby, you sociopath. <laughs> yeah, he's lost his mind. Was he killed? Was she killed? Was she killed? Yes. I thought so. I told Daisy I thought so. It's better that the shock should all come at once. She stood it pretty well. And He's, that's so obsessed. It's so obvious. He spoke as if Daisy's reaction was the only thing that mattered. And that's the that's Nick Carraway. He's like, it's perfect. I just want to make sure, like, Daisy's okay with the fact that she killed a woman. Yeah. What? Come on. I disliked him so much by this time that I didn't find it necessary to tell him he was wrong. But, like... That's how he's. That's that weird. And later he says that he disliked him the whole time too. Which like, no, you didn't. He did not. <laughs> you literally were gonna clap him on the back when he said he was an Oxford man. An hour, two hours ago. Yeah, I disliked him so much by that time. And this is a bad moment. But like Nick is like, oh, I'm really starting to distance himself from Gatsby. He is out of nowhere. He's disenchanted though. And then here's the big revelation: Was Daisy driving? Yes, he said after a moment. But of course, I'll say I was. You see, when we left New York, she was very nervous, and she thought it would steady her to drive. And this woman rushed out at us just as we were passing a car coming the other way. It all happened in a minute, but it seemed to me that she wanted to speak to us, that we were somebody she knew. Well, first Daisy turned away from the woman toward the other car, and then she lost her nerve and turned back. So literally, that like two cars colliding, she was going to collide with another car, and then she like didn't have the courage to collide with that other car. 
didn't have the courage so she swerved towards the person so she was like either hurt myself or hurt this woman yeah and she's like i'm gonna hurt this woman and myrtle was was running towards the car because what she had seen tom in the car before so here's where tom take me away from my crazy husband tom save me so this is this is where the shoehorning comes into play so yeah, Myrtle thinks that Tom is driving this gold car because Tom borrowed Gatsby's car for basically no reason. Yeah, and then Gatsby's driving the car back, and she's trapped in her husband's house because she's leaving that day, and she's like, "Tom, take me away!" And it's, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it must have killed her instantly. It ripped oh, her open. God, so don't tell me, old sport. He winced. Anyhow, Daisy <laughs> stepped on it. I tried to make her stop. But she couldn't, so I pulled on the emergency brake. Then she fell over onto my, into my lap, and I drove on. But so he didn't try very hard. Yeah. Really? He, why didn't he pull the wheel before? Daisy's driving the car, literally and figuratively. Daisy's driving the car. You yeah. want to get who's driving the car? Daisy's driving the car. It's what Daisy wants that matters to Gatsby. Clearly. And then he says this, which is also insane. She'll be all right tomorrow, he said presently. I'm just going to wait here and see if he tries to bother her about that unpleasantness this afternoon. Unpleasantness. (laughs) That's what you called the biggest conflict of the last five years of your... You were at war, and it wasn't as extreme as that moment. (laughs) Unpleasant, I'd call it. You know, you lost the battle for a heart, and you're like, that was unpleasant. I'm going to get her tomorrow. (laughs) A bummer of an afternoon. We'll move past it. She's locked herself into her room, and if he tries any brutality, she's going to turn the light out and on again. So she says she's locked herself into a room. Yeah. But also, Daisy and Gatsby are in, are in kind of a little, they're in a conspiracy here, right? Daisy tells him, if I turn the light on and off, that means, that means come save me. Come save me. Yes. Yeah, so she's, That's what she says to him. Yeah. So she's hedging her bets, maybe, or something. You know? Yeah. And then, uh, you wait here, I said. So Nick's talking. I'll see if there's any sign of a commotion. So Nick is still helping him. She's like, I hate him. And then he's like, all right, I'll help you again. Try and I know. So he does. He keeps lying about It's like, ah, oh, the charm's broken. And the charm comes back. And then it's like, ah, the charm's broken. Charm yeah. comes back. Even to himself. So willing to help him with anything. Yeah, he can't Even after it. today. He's like, after. This uh, is the absolute worst time. Yeah, this is when Gatsby is truly at his most okay. And so he looks in, and Daisy and Tom were sitting opposite each other at the kitchen table. So she's not locked in her room. 100% Oh, line. yeah. Oh, God, right. He immediately comes in the door, and now they are there. So Daisy is not... Daisy she is not... She lied to Gatsby. She lied to immediately, Gatsby. She's like, Gatsby, you're an idiot. Yeah. I'm done with you. Yeah. Uh, they were sitting opposite each other at the kitchen table with a plate of cold fried chicken between them and two bottles of ale. The best post-murder snack. Yes. And then he was talking intently across the table at her, and in his earnestness, his hand had fallen upon and covered her own. Once in a while, she looked up at him. And nodded in agreement. They weren't happy, and neither of them had touched the chicken or the ale, and yet they weren't unhappy either. There was unmistakable air of natural intimacy about the picture, and anybody would have said that they were conspiring together. So there it is. Yeah. Daisy is with Tom, and now, once again, they're going to figure their way out of a complicated situation. Yeah, maybe they'll move again. There's that mention, that, yeah, the Chicago thing. And they just they, had them they, move. How they left Chicago. Like, we'll go to New York because we messed up in Chicago. And yeah. now Daisy essentially messed up. She did. She had a big affair, and then she killed a woman. Yeah. And now she's like, all right, well, I'm the one who messed up, so you're going to help me move. But there they are working together. Like, she never really wanted Gatsby. Or not in the way that Gatsby wanted her. She didn't intend to do the thing. Yeah, she did not intend. She wanted an affair. He wanted a marriage. And there she was unhappy. But she's like, this is what I like. Conspiratory 
moves with a husband I don't like, but I respect his strength and his money. <laughs> Good God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he comes back. Is it all quiet up there? He, Gatsby asked anxiously. Yes, it's all quiet, I hesitated. You better come home and get some sleep. I want to wait here till Daisy goes to bed. Good night, old sport. He put his hands in his coat pockets and turned back eagerly to his scrutiny of the house, as though my presence marred the sacredness of the vigil. So I walked away and left him standing there in the moonlight, watching over nothing. 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 So all of his dreams are now nothing. Obviously. It's all been reduced to nonsense and meaninglessness. And so now, Gatsby, it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. You brought the uh, earlier West Egg has described people taking, taking shortcuts from nothing to nothing. Yes. And uh, now Gatsby took the long way to nothing. Yeah, the long but way. But West Egg always ends up at nothing. And also, he's uh, Mr. Nowhere, Mr. Nothing from Nowhere. Who's yeah, nowhere, uh, nobody from nowhere. Yeah. Like, that's all Gatsby is. This is a guy who went from nothing, and now he's back. So he came from nothing as a poor man, and now he's back to nothing. A man who couldn't get the woman of, of his dreams. And now his house and his career and his life is over. It all means nothing. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a tragedy if you <laughs> – that's that's a man working so hard and failing at the last second. Yeah. The true tragedy of the book. And that's also a big lesson to adjust your expectations. <laughs> <laughs> if Gatsby was just like, I get to have an affair with this woman I love forever. For as long as I, I get want. to stick to his annoying stick it to this annoying rich man. <laughs> keep having her come over, spend so many afternoons together. I don't have to raise her child. I don't have to. Right. I could just li- live this life. And like, there we go. And then maybe, you know what? I'll let it go until it's not good anymore. And I'll say, you know what? That was fun. Now to move on to something else. <laughs> no, but he has this tra- the tragic flaw. The He's born back ceaselessly into the past. He is obsessed. Obsessed with a, a beautiful moment in his past that he's trying to get back. Of course you can, old sport. <laughs> of course you can. And it literally fell apart in front of him as he re- like, and then everyone also realizes like Daisy was not worth all that. Yeah. She's not a good person. She's not, she's just, she played with this man's woman. heart because yeah. she was bored with her bad marriage. Yeah. And literally will get him killed. Uh, she, she was so comfortable letting him take the fall for running. Like she didn't say anything. I doubt she told Tom. And, like, she was going to let Dad say Gatsby did it. And, like, she was never going to say, like, he's been saying, hey, you got to say you never loved Tom to Tom. Yeah. And she could have said this at the beginning. Like, I did love Tom. I also love you. Is that okay? <laughs> and it's not for him. Yeah, he can't. One, he can't accept that. But, two, if she said that in a quiet moment before he was in front of Tom. Part like, of this is on her. Right. Yes. Yeah. There was never any honesty because she just wanted a fun affair where she could say extreme things and complain about her husband. She never asserted herself uh, to him about what she wanted. She didn't intend. I love that line about not not. She didn't intend any of this, and it's true. She never had any intentions about anything. Yeah, she never because she doesn't like consequences. Because she's like, all right, um, she's like, I've done everything and I've never had any, and I hate everything. Like, this is the last thing she hasn't done—an affair with the past lover. And there it and, is. And then she hates it at the end. Yeah. And she's sophisticated. God, is she sophisticated. <laughs> uh, 
But yeah, yeah, man, this chapter is really sad and it's really intense. And um, what do you think? What do you think in terms of a in terms of the in terms of the climax of this story, which we love so much? How does it how does it function? You said it has the the flaw. The car thing is a flaw. The actual plot is a like the the minutia of the plot is a little flawed. Yeah. That Gatsby fails, I think, is why the book is so great. Yeah. He is that fails. if he wins, then he then this is basically a pulp novel of a rich man getting his uh like a rich uh, a gangster getting a rich man's wife. That's just like a pulp novel. Yeah. But that a man pursues his dreams and fails, that's more of the American experience than anything else. Now we're learning something. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that and literally he's writing about the death of the American dream and here's <laughs> Gatsby's American dream is to be able to marry a rich woman and it falls apart and is destroyed by a rich man. And it kills him. Yeah. An old money man takes away his love. Yeah. And that's literally like America is old money people robbing ambitious people of their chance at happiness. It's yeah, symbolically it's very yeah, it's very tight. Characterized is very tight. I think I think I think it I think it I think its successes are more character based than plot based. Yes. Um but it puts them in the right positions to say the things and do the things that they need to reveal their character, but like the plot is not the thing and i think i think he did purposely was like this is a greek tragedy for an american man and i think he succeeded in that the plot points of that in the general of like a man wants something he goes after it very hard and then it falls apart yeah. because of his flaw like yeah that's a great plot yeah and then that now it's just boy oh boy we got two chapters left and both of them <laughs> are doozies of resolution even the yeah. resolutions here are just like it's so weird that a murder is an afterthought. <laughs> a murder of your main character is an afterthought. <laughs> like, that's, like, how big this moment is. Like, this is what the whole book was about was this moment. And then he, and then Fitzgerald's like, he can't be alive after this. Right. He's got to die. Right. So, yeah, even, like, right. It's The description of Gatsby's death, I, I don't – I remember it being – offhand almost like, like yeah it's like you there's no you don't get nick being like and then wilson showed up and he said this to because he nick describes very in detail what um the wilson said to the greek man like yeah he wasn't there yeah but he almost says nothing about gatsby's murder as if it's like it was just more that he had to die yeah gatsby's dead and of course wilson killed him <clears throat> yeah and that's like it's a uh, I don't know. This book is like now we're at the meat of like why this book is so great. Yeah, that's true. It's that it's he fails and then he dies. Yeah. And that's what like America like that's what Fitzgerald believed when he said there are no second acts in American life. It's like you you take your shot, you miss, it's over, buddy. Yeah, that's it. That's America. Yeah, I, right. You I get mean, the shoot shot. high. You could anyone could take yeah. the shot. You get the shot. That's what America gives you. You get the shot, but there's no second. There's act. no safety net if you miss. No rebound. And that's it for you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love the. Um, but I mean, the, even that Wilson is, Wilson's like, I want to have a wife. I'm gonna lie about a little bit about how much money I have, and I want a business. And then he fails. His fails, wife dies, and he and has to fails. leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and Nick is like, I want to be a bondsman. I don't really want anything. <laughs> yeah. Nick's the only one that turns out okay because he never really wanted anything to begin with. <laughs> he doesn't. Yeah. All he wants is to observe, and he certainly does that. And there's some amazing observations in these next two chapters. It's really lovely poetry and writing and like American dream talk and sort of like just, just yeah, poetic, great Nick Carraway prose. You know, it comes 
And that's the strength of this novel for sure is is Fitzgerald through Caraway just like writing beautifully about America. Killing it. Uh, But as far as the plot for plot, beat for beat point in the novel, this is the big chapter. And I don't know. Do you have anything else more to say about this chapter? I mean, no. Uh, Thanks for uh, for, uh, taking us through it. Thanks for hanging out with us for this chapter. Wow, that was a doozy. That was a doozy. We had to kind of we had to kind of get through the the grit of it, you know. Yeah, we we did a, a dramatic reading. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, and yeah, and then we watched all these little things. There wasn't that many like small, or maybe there is. Like I'm sure PhDs are like you missed the biggest underhand part about this. Yeah, maybe. But what PhDs are listening to this podcast? <laughs> You're but welcome. But as far as like, it's like a a big plot chapter. Probably the plot chapter. Oh yeah, things that happen. If yeah, it's the biggest plot chapter. People do things. People say things that are very important. There's less ruminations. Yeah, people instead of like slyly referring to things, they're shouting those things at each other. Subtext becomes text. Yeah, the rumors become truth about Gatsby. All that stuff. It, it's it's pretty exciting. People no longer feel the need to whisper about Gatsby. Yeah, Chekhov's gun has been fired. You know, the third act has happened. Yep. Um, so now we'll see the dust settle. We'll see kind of the ruminations of Nick and uh, the fates of Gatsby, Daisy and Tom. Yeah. And Jordan. I, I can't wait. We're almost done, you guys. If you're still sticking with us, God bless you. We I, probably know you. I personally love you. And, uh, yeah, you can and, reach out to in me. In a real way, you probably, like, well, I'll see you around, <laughs> like, after this comes out. Kev, you don't know. This this not. I mean, I honestly, I don't think this is very interesting to anybody we know, besides the fact that we're talking about it. I yeah. think... Some other some other lit heads out there uh, would be. I would enjoy this as a yeah. as a lit, lit lit head. I'd be like, oh, someone else is thinking deeply about the Great Gatsby, because um, this is it blows my mind all the time. I I wish I could just gush about it, but yeah, it's been so great reading this book, and like we've been going chapter by chapter. But I'll like cheat. I'm like, I kind of want to remember what <laughs> happens next. It's like this is such good writing. It really, yeah, it's uh, and yeah, for being almost a hundred years old, it's so relevant. And it's so uh, it speaks to me, and, and uh, there's still things to learn about it, and it's oh yeah, it and it's still so American. It's uh, still yeah right. America's identity is not that different, even though people would like you to think so. America's identity is not that not that different than it is in this book. And like they knew it a hundred years ago, and we're still fighting those fights today. Yeah, those stale ideas are still being nibbled at. By X jocks. <laughs> by by X jocks. <laughs> That's the weirdly most accurate part. <laughs> X jocks were worried about their wife getting made love to by Mister Nobody from nowhere. That's like that's like most of Facebook on the right <laughs> right now. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like we always say at the end of every episode, you can come see us at the Lincoln Lodge do stand up. We don't talk about the Great Gatsby in our stand up. You don't have to worry about that. I I'm gonna try to write a bit. We'll see. Okay. I'm just kidding. I do bits about hating being a high school English teacher, which is kind of uh, related. Um, I'll do one of them now. Uh, just <laughs> <laughs> all right, but uh, you can find us on our social media. I'm Kevin Lofkowitz on pretty much all my social media. I am Terrence Hartnett at Ha Hartnett. All right, and this has been the OK Gatsby. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.